0: Last week, Amnesty International released a 280-page report calling Israelis' treatment of Palestinians apartheid. It's a 280-page report. I'll give you the actual title. Israel's Apartheid Against Palestinians, A Cruel System of Domination and a Crime Against Humanity. Here's what's wild. Wild. It's the most exhaustive report on the subject ever written, and the New York Times hasn't mentioned it. And the United States government, which regularly quotes reports from Amnesty International against countries all over the world, before they even read the report, denounced it outright. Let me unpack and explain it. It's important. This is Sean King, and you are listening to the, the, the Breakdown. The the, the, Breakdown The Breakdown Almost 10 years ago was when I was first told that if I simply spoke up for the human rights and dignity of Palestinians, if I spoke out against Obvious injustices, if I spoke out against obvious abuses, crimes against humanity, I mean, clear, obvious instances of those things, if I ever spoke out against that and spoke up for Palestinians in any way, that there would be real consequences. And coming where I came from, I mean, being born in rural Kentucky, really raised in Georgia, going to Morehouse college in 1997, I didn't understand because I regularly spoke up for human rights all over the world. Like that, that was something that I was deeply into as a, a a junior at Morehouse. I had an opportunity to go to the United Nations conference against racism in Durban, South Africa. And it's a, it was a transformative experience for many of us. And, and even from before that point all the way through today, I mean, that was, that was 21 years ago when I went. I've always spoken up about human rights abuses, and it was, I think, the first time anyone told me, hey, are you aware that when you speak up for these people, when you speak up for this group of people, when you speak out against any obvious abuses they are having, there are consequences to that. And I think it took me two or three years to understand it. And it was really when I first started seeing people call me anti-Semitic and hateful and a bigot. Like for the first time in my life, I've never been called those things. And, and truthfully, it was a shock to me. Like this is 2013, 2014. And for the past eight years of my life as a very public national leader, I have regularly been reminded and have paid the price for simply speaking up for the human rights and dignity of Palestinians. Speaking up for the fact that they don't have equal access to clean water, to food, to medical care, basic things. And... I have now regularly been listed on, um, you know, websites as someone who hates Jewish people. And It's like, oh, hold on. What? I, I didn't even mention Jewish people. What are you talking about? And I'm seeing what has happened to me on a smaller scale. I'm seeing that happen to Amnesty International right now. Amnesty International, one of the most respected human rights organizations in the world, released an exhaustive 280-page report detailing the severe, constant, not just instances of human rights abuses, but systems and structures of abuse. Like, that's you can have an instance of neglect an instance of injustice and there're not necessarily be a system of injustice but this 280 page report says this is a crime against humanity and what israel is doing to palestinians can can best be called apartheid now what's What's mind blowing to me, not, not in the sense that it surprises me, because having spoken out on this publicly, online, offline, on stages, off of stages, privately, any way that I can to say like, hey, it is wrong to shoot and kill an unarmed nurse in the head. Like, that's a real thing that I've said. Like, hey, you can't do that. She was, a, she was clearly identified as a nurse. She was committing no crime, harming no person, and you literally shot and killed her. That's wrong. That will literally get you labeled as anti-Semitic. I know. I've experienced it. But what Amnesty International is saying is, hey, not only are there hundreds and thousands of instances of injustice and human rights abuses. But this is a system designed to be cruel, designed to be abusive, and it can best be labeled as apartheid. Now, here's the thing. We call it and they call it apartheid because it helps us understand a comparison. We, we are familiar with South African apartheid. And that it was a cruel system, fundamentally uh, hinging on racism and bigotry and discrimination, moving people out of lands, cornering them into often uh, 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 pieces, undesirable pieces of property that are prone to flood, not fertile, you know, stripping them of resources, requiring them to have badges and identifications and you know, like deeply discriminating against them and limiting their freedom of movement, their access to resources, uh, deeply restricting who can leave, who can come, who can go. And, and because we're familiar with that system of apartheid in South Africa, it is, it is, a, it is a good comparison. To what's happening now in Palestine and in the surrounding areas. But many of my friends who are in Palestine say, we understand that, but it is in many ways worse and more violent and more destructive. And so We welcome the solidarity with our South African sisters and brothers. And let me say, I heard Nelson Mandela literally with my own ears speak about his solidarity with Palestine and their longtime solidarity with him as he was incarcerated and as he eventually became president. There is a long history of support between Palestinians and South Africans. There's a, a beautiful statue and monument of Nelson Mandela in Palestine. The relationship is important. And so Palestinians say, yes, yes, we, we, we appreciate the comparison, but understand that it is all of those things and often even worse, that the volume of violence and death and displacement is so severe that, yes, it is apartheid plus A, B, C, D, and E. And what I have watched, and I have just just tried to watch over the past week, I have watched many mainstream media outlets refuse to even address the report, to pretend as if it didn't even come out. It's one of the most important human rights reports to come out In in my lifetime, like it is a an essential groundbreaking historic report. And many very mainstream outlets pretended as if it didn't even happen. It was widely discussed on social media. And many mainstream outlets didn't even report it. And the United States, within minutes of it being released, denounced it as not credible. And it reminded me, i tell you exactly who it reminded me of. It reminded me of when the NFL, two weeks ago, said that the lawsuit of Brian Flores, the former, the, the black coach who was the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, who filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL for racism and discrimination. And before they even read his report, they said it's without merit. It's like, hold on, hold on. You haven't read it. It just came out. This is a very credible man. This is a man with impeccable integrity. The report stated many undeniable facts. Like you could say we we disagree with some parts of the report, but they said the entire report was without merit. It's like, uh, no, that's not actually true. And the, the NFL has tried to walk that back a little bit to say, you know what, we do have a problem with the tiny number of black coaches in our league and our systems aren't, but you already said the report was without merit. So is it with merit or without merit? United States, which often, and you, you can literally find this all over the, the uh, state department website, the United States regularly quotes reports from Amnesty International about China. All right. About Russia. So they'll quote reports about, they they will quote and rely and lift up reports. Rely on and lift up reports from countries that they have beef with. Or on countries they have beef with. But all of a sudden, they issue a 280-page report full of hundreds of source documents and notes and citations and footnotes. this, This is without merit. Okay, That's part of the conspiracy, and that's what it is. And we have to be reminded that the United States was for a long time supportive of apartheid South Africa. And it should be no surprise that many of the most racist, bigoted countries in the history of the world studied this country studied Jim Crow, studied discrimination and racism to build their systems. So, of course, when a leading human rights organization says, this is apartheid and it's a disgusting crime against humanity, of course the United States would say, nah, that's without merit, without even reading it. It's disgusting. Listen, I've got to run. Love and appreciate you all. Hope your Valentine's Day had some love in it. And please, please, please if you are not yet a member of the northstar.com, we need you, we want you to become a member today. Go to the northstar.com. It's the only reason I'm able to do this podcast and come on here and speak truth to power. The only reason I'm able to come on here and speak out against human rights abuses and injustice against Palestinians is because I'm supported by the people. And So if you love this podcast, if you love what we do at the North Star, go now, join, become a member at the northstar.com. Take care everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week we talk about wealth management, personal finance and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day, we're entrepreneurs by night.